Have you ever been in a dark place? I mean, a really dark place. When I was a boy, my family, we traveled to Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. Uh, it was so cool. The tour guide took us all through the different caverns, you know, and at one point along the tour, he took us into this room. He corralled us all together and then shut off the lights. I never knew that darkness had weight to it before that moment. Even though I knew that my parents were standing right next to me, the darkness was so thick, it seemed like they just vanished. I was blind. I invite you right now to imagine yourself in a dark place like that. Maybe it's in a cave like I just described, or maybe you're in a forest and the tree canopy is so thick that it's as dark as night and you're walking along, or, or maybe it's just you're in your basement and all the lights are out. And as you're walking in this dark place, now imagine yourself coming up into the sunlight and suddenly you're in the bright light of day and you accidentally look up directly into the sun. In that moment, the light is so bright that it actually is painful as you encounter it. And it might be so shocking that it could even knock you down to the ground. And, and we're blinded by the light. And this is a disruptive moment. Have you ever experienced something that in real life? Well, in our story today, we encounter this kind of experience, an encounter of light, the disruptive, disorienting nature of light and how it changes people. And my hope for us today as we dive into this story is that we too will experience this kind of disruption as we move from darkness into light. So the story today is found in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 20. We're continuing this series as we jump around through the book of Acts, this series called Blowing in the Wind. And you'll, if you'll remember, last week we saw a dramatic transformation as Philip is taken to encounter the Ethiopian eunuch and the, the kind of transformation that those two people experienced and the boundary breaking that the Holy Spirit led both of them into. Well, today, this story happens immediately following that story. And uh, it starts in chapter nine of the book of Acts. But in order to understand this story, we actually have to jump back a little bit further because uh, this is a story about four people. And the first person that we encounter is a man named Saul. And in order to understand who Saul is, we have to go back all the way to chapter 7 of the book of Acts. If you'll remember in chapter 7, Stephen, one of the deacons of the church in Jerusalem, was proclaiming the good news of Jesus, that Jesus is the Messiah. And the religious leaders were very upset. And so they dragged him out into the streets and they murdered him by bludgeoning him to death with stones. And Saul was there and he approved of the murder. Now there's three things that we must know about Saul in order to understand who this guy really is. 
The first thing is that Saul was born in the Greek town of Tarsus, far away from the city of Jerusalem. He was a Jewish person born in a Greek town. The second thing we need to know about Saul is that he was a Roman citizen, which was a very unusual thing for Jewish people in that day to have Roman citizenship. And the third thing, and most importantly for this story, is that Saul moved to the city of Jerusalem so that he could be trained as a Pharisee, as a teacher of the law of Moses. And he believed with all of his heart that the, one of the main reasons why the people of Israel were not being set free from the oppression of the Romans is because the people were breaking God's law as it was given to Moses. And so the Pharisees were trying to purge the countryside of these lawbreakers. And so they saw Jesus' disciples as a great threat to their national security and their safety and actually the un unleashing of the kingdom of God. So that's who this Saul is. He approved of this murder of Stephen and that he was arresting the followers of Jesus and dragging them into prison. Now let's look at verse one of chapter nine, our text for today. It says, meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, this is what they called the disciples of Jesus at that time, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Saul encountered a bright light. It knocked him to the ground. It disoriented him and now he is blind. That's the first person. Now let's look at the second person starting in verse 10. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. 
I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Let's pause here for a moment. Put yourself in Ananias' position. I mean, you're a disciple of Jesus. You've heard that this guy named Saul is coming from the city of Jerusalem, and he has papers from the temple authorities that you are next. He's coming for you. He's killed Stephen, and you might be next. How, how, how do you feel about this guy? And then all of a sudden, you get this call from the Lord that says, Hey, I want you to go accept this guy. I would be like, um, Lord, you got the wrong number. Like, this is Ananias, right? Are you asking the right guy? I don't know. What would you do if you were Ananias? <laughs> I wouldn't be too excited about that call. So that's our second person. We've got our first person is Saul. Our second person is Ananias. Now, before we talk more about what happened to Ananias, there is a third person in this story that we must acknowledge. And this person is the risen Christ. This is who Saul encounters on the road to Damascus. Now, here's a spoiler alert, okay, in case you don't know the story. But this Saul, who we're talking about, actually becomes the Apostle Paul, who becomes the major force that spreads the good news of Jesus to the entire world throughout the Roman Empire. Uh, and, and his whole mission was the unification between Jews and Gentiles. Now, here's what I find really fascinating about the risen Christ that Paul encounters. He, he doesn't encounter Jesus of Nazareth in the same way that the other disciples knew Jesus. I mean, Peter, James, and John, and those guys, they got to travel for three years with Jesus, like a human, like you and me. They got to fish together and eat together and tell jokes, you know, and just hanging out. And then they saw him as the risen Christ. But the only Jesus that Paul has ever known is the risen Christ. And, and notice how he encounters him. The risen Christ appears to Saul as a brilliant light and a voice. The risen Christ is more than that particular man from Nazareth. The, the risen Christ is the very power of God's promise that there is life beyond death that there is peace beyond fear, and that there is unity beyond the boundaries of race, religion, and politics. The risen Christ shines the light of reality into all of our darkness. Saul encountered the risen Christ, and he became blind. Ananias encountered the risen Christ, and he was called to reach out to Saul. Now, let's see what happened to Ananias. In verse 17, it says, So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus, 
And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. Do you see it? Notice how Ananias addresses Saul. He calls him brother. (laughs) Notice what happens to Saul. He can see again. Now he is baptized into the name of Jesus. And he's hanging out with the very people that he was on a rampage to destroy. Both of these men, they lived in a shadow. Ananias lived in the shadow of fear. He knew Saul was coming and his fear clouded his vision. Saul lived in the shadow of hatred and self-righteousness. When when Saul looked at Ananias, all he saw was the enemy. He saw the threat to his way of life. But both men encountered the light of the risen Christ, and they were knocked down, they were disrupted, they were reoriented into a new way of seeing. And now when they look at each other, the ones who, those who once saw fear and hatred, what they now see is a brother, a human being, someone who is worthy of love. So we've looked at three people. We've looked at Saul. We've looked at Ananias. We've seen the power of the risen Christ. But who's the fourth person? The fourth person is you fourth person is me. And this is the question for us today. What are the shadows that are in our lives? The, the, you know, those comfortable places where we understand how things work and we have our opinions about the world. What are the reasons that cause us to see a person who is different than us and live in fear and hatred of that person. Here's the good news. The power of the risen Christ shines the light of truth and reality into all things. And that light drives away these shadows and exposes the truth that all people are children of God. The good news of the kingdom of God is for all people. The good news disrupts our systems that divide us and that cause us to judge each other. And it calls us into the scary and difficult work of reaching out across the boundaries and seeking reconciliation and ways to say, brother, sister, in Christ, we are one. As the Spirit blows through us this week, as the light of the risen Christ shines into our life, may we see with new eyes.